Hallelujah. His name is powerful. Lord, right now, pour your spirit on us. Bring this message to our hearts, Lord. Let it live in our hearts, Lord, that we live it out in our lives around us, Lord. We love you and thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. again what are you all doing here the last time I saw you was it was like 20 30 years ago I was on my way back up up to the hills outside of Bethlehem and what a night that had been angels and all kinds of weird stuff a baby and you all and now you're here again Seems like you show up every time there's an event like this. Uh, it's like you know something big has happened, and something big has happened. It's kind of strange, you know. Back when all that weird stuff happened on the hill up up in in Bethlehem, and we got back to tending our sheep, it, it was weird. It was like everything just went back to normal, you know. We were just looking after the sheep and we had heard about the baby being born and, and but nothing really happened. And at two or so years, I can't remember, a few years later, there was that big thing in Jerusalem. Herod had heard that the king of the Jews had been born and slaughtered all the babies. And we, we had heard what the angel had said about this Jesus and then, and then there was nothing and we thought... Herod must have got him. Killed him. He's dead. We didn't hear anything about the Christ again for many, many years. And then something incredible happened. We began to hear stories about this person up north in in Galilee. A miracle worker. Someone claiming to be the Messiah. And, we, and we, we didn't know what to think, you know. It, it was like, I remember what the angel said. I will bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. I remember his words, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. And we hadn't heard anything and we wondered, could this be him? This fellow up in in Galilee? And then we started to hear incredible things. He claimed to be the forgiver of sins. Only God can forgive sins. Could this be him? And then we heard he was coming to Jerusalem. We thought, hey, we got to go see. 
It's not that far away. And it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. The place was so crowded. Passover was coming up. And and there were so many people in there. And he came riding in on a donkey. And there were people ahead of him. There were people behind him. There were people laying down their cloaks and waving branches and, and, and shouting. It was like a huge procession. It was such a, an incredible thing to see. And, and they were yelling things like, He saves! He saves! Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was incredible. We pushed our way through. We wanted to see. The the chief priests, it it was kind of weird because the chief priests and the leaders of the church were all there, but they weren't singing praises. They had a real scowl on their faces. Like, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? (laughs) And everybody was asking that question. Who is this man? And those with him shouted, this is Jesus, the prophet. From Nazareth. It was crazy. I remember my Uncle Ebenezer. Have I told you about my Uncle Ebenezer? He was one smart guy. The thing that he couldn't tell you, he told me one time, he said, Michael, he always called me Michael. (laughs) That's my name. He said, Michael, when it gets crazy, get out. That's good advice. But we didn't get out. We hung around. And it got crazier. Jesus went into the temple. We couldn't really see. It was a little bit later. And and, and we were trying to see it. And there was a ruckus. We could hear people shouting and yelling. And and, and we could kind of see into the temple. And he was kicking tables over. And the benches over. And and the church leaders were there. It was really kind of strange. Because they didn't say anything. Because they were all scared. The people were all around Jesus and they were praising his name. And he's kicking tables and chairs open. (laughs) And then it happened. We pushed through to the front and he was healing people. And as he was healing, we heard him say something that, that just touched my heart. He said, your sins are forgiven. Who can forgive sins but God? And he was teaching. He was teaching about forgiveness. He said that if we trust in him, if we believe in him, that God would forgive our sins. He would separate us from them as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? Where does the east begin? Where does the west begin? And he would remember them no more. Remember them no more. Is he saying that God is forgetful? I don't know. I stand before you guilty and unworthy. How can I be forgiven and holy? And I know I break your heart But you promised I could start all over And all the things I've done You've placed them each and every one 
into the sea of forgetfulness. You've placed all of my sin, for I'm the one who keeps reminding you over and over again. Into the sea of forgetfulness, as far as the east from the west, seventy times seven, you've forgiven me, and you keep cleansing me. And placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. You welcome me with open arms of mercy. In spite of all I've done, you still keep loving me. And I only need to ask, and you erase all of my past forever. My debts have all been paid, and they have all been washed away. Into the sea of forgetfulness, you've placed all of my sin, for I'm the one who keeps reminding you. Over and over again, into the sea of forgetfulness, as far as the east from the west, seventy times seven, you've forgiven me, and you keep cleansing me and placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. It's your unfailing love that covers me and all my multitude of sin. It's your steadfast love that keeps reminding me I'm forgiven. Into the sea of forgetfulness, you've placed all of my sin. For I'm the one who keeps reminding you. Over and over again, into the sea of forgetfulness, as far as the east from the west, seventy times seven, you've forgiven me, and you keep cleansing me and placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. Placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. Strange, wasn't it? I wonder if she's an angel. What was it? What was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Forgiveness and miracles. Uh, you know, I, I witnessed it, but I, I still didn't know what to think. I saw it, but it made no sense to me. He healed people. 
the lame, the blind, the demon-possessed. People were were bringing them to him. And, And sometimes he would touch them and they would be healed. Sometimes he would just say a word and they were healed. The lame, I saw the lame stand up and walk. Think about that. The muscles in their legs have have never supported any weight. And he would touch them and they would stand up and walk. Some of them were dancing with joy. How do you explain that? Where does that kind of power come from? I heard the chief priests and the, and the, and the, the, the leaders speaking. They said that his power was from Satan. They said, we've got to do something about this blasphemer. We've got to stop him. But he didn't talk like a man who was possessed by a demon. I listened to him. He spoke of heaven. He spoke of the Father. He spoke of grace and forgiveness. There was something about him. Love. It just seemed to emanate from him. It was like the air was saturated with it all around him. He looked at me. At one point, our eyes met. And my heart just melted. I was like, wow. And I knew these things he did, these, these healings, these, these acts were not acts of a demon. They were the acts of someone filled with love who had mercy on those people. He cared about them. He loved them. My uncle Ebenezer one time. Did I tell you about my uncle Ebenezer? He was one smart guy. The things he couldn't tell you. He said to me one time, he said, Michael. That's what he used to call me, Michael. That's my name. He said, Michael, if you find love, hold on to it. And I had never felt love like this before. It was so special. I knew what I had to do. I knew what I had to do. My daughter, she was blind from birth. They said it was a sin that I had committed and I had done something wrong and and God was punishing me through her. You know, the reason I live out on the hills with the sheep is because I can't stand to be around her. I know it's wrong, but, but she's my shame. Every time I look at her, I feel guilty. I know her blindness is my fault. The priest told me so. (laughs) And I've prayed. I've prayed to God to heal her, but no. My wife prays also, so often, so earnestly, but no. On this day, though, I felt if I could just get her to Jesus, he would forgive me. And heal her blindness. I told my friends. And we left. It's about a two hour journey from the temple. To to where we lived in Bethlehem. And when I got there. I told my wife. We had seen him. We had seen Jesus. I told her about all the healings that we had seen. He touched people. And they were healed. He just spoke to them. And they were healed. Maybe he would give us a miracle. Maybe he would forgive my sin. And my daughter would see again. 
My wife wept bitterly. We cried together. And with her hands on my daughter, my wife prayed for healing in Jesus' name. Jesus! 
By the time we got back to Jerusalem, it was getting late. Jesus and, and his people seemed like they were getting ready to head out. Looks like they were going out of town. There were still a lot of people around him. And I called to him, Jesus, Jesus. And, and he heard me. He looked at me. And I pushed my way through the crowd. My friends were, were, were a little ways behind me with my daughter leading her. She was blind. It took her a little bit longer. And I pushed my way through. My wife had stayed at home and I fell at Jesus' feet and I cried out to him. I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive my sin and heal my daughter? And he looked at me and in the softest voice, he said, by your faith, your sins are forgiven. Your daughter is healed. I heard a scream in the crowd. It was my daughter. She could see. She came running out, running out, and she gave me a big hug, and she said, "Thank you, Daddy." And I looked at Jesus, and I said, "Thank you, Daddy." He just looked at me and smiled and walked on. (laughs) You know, the rest of that week, it was weird. (laughs) Jesus came back into town, back into the temple the next day. And I don't know if he had something bad for breakfast, but he was mad. And he just let those leaders have it. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the, 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 the church leaders, in front of everybody, he just, he pronounced sorrows upon them. Sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow. He called them hypocrites. He called them blind guides. And they were powerful people. And I was thinking to myself, these people have got authority, Jesus. You are going to get yourself in trouble here. You better be careful. And then he turned on the people. He said, and you people, you don't believe me either. He said, you've seen the miracles, but you don't believe. It was, it was kind of weird. <laughs> my Uncle Ebenezer. I'll tell you about my Uncle Ebenezer. He was one smart guy. It's the things he couldn't tell you. He told me one time, he said, Michael. Always called me Michael. Oh, I guess it's my name. He said, Michael. People will believe what people want to believe. It doesn't matter about the evidence. It doesn't matter about the signs. It doesn't matter about truth. They won't let that get in their way. And I thought, you know, he's right. That evening, Jesus left the city again. We didn't see him for a couple of days. And a couple of days later, things got really bad. One of Jesus' disciples betrayed him to the church leaders, and they arrested him. I I don't know what for. I, I heard something about king of the Jews, thinks he's God. And I heard they were all arguing about what to do with him. They didn't know. The, the Romans, the, the church leaders, and, and, and the Jewish leaders, they, they were fighting and arguing amongst each other. They didn't know what to do with him. 
The church leaders wanted him executed. The Romans and the Jewish leaders, they weren't so sure about this. And the Roman leader tried to free Jesus. But the church leaders turned the crowd. And suddenly the very people who were crying out, He saves! (laughs) Blessed be the son of David! Those very same people begin shouting and screaming, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! It became a chant. It was incredible. It was ugly. And there was a feeling of darkness. You ever had that? It was like evil. And that's exactly what they did. They crucified him. First, they marched him through town. (laughs) Through the streets of Jerusalem. They were going out to a place called the Skull. And I couldn't help myself. You You ever get that ghoulish kind of thing? You just, you have to see. We knew the route and, 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 and we saw him coming up the hill. <laughs> he had guards all around him and people lined the streets just like they had lined the streets the week before when he came into Jerusalem. But the atmosphere was completely this different this time. Everybody was still pushing and, and trying to see him. We pushed through. And there he was. He he looked so beaten and broken. Somebody else was carrying his cross. And this time, though, the people were yelling and spitting on him. The guards had to keep them back. They were trying to hit him. And as he passed us, I've never seen anything like it. He was so battered. Blood all over his face. I left. I couldn't take it anymore. I headed back out to the hills, back to my life with the sheep. This isn't how it's supposed to end. What happened to all the good news for all the people? (laughs) Isn't he the Savior? Isn't he the Lord? This isn't how it's supposed to end. My feelings were so mixed. I mean, I was elated at what happened with my daughter. My daughter was healed and it was like, man, we've got hope. The Lord really has come to be with his people, to rescue us, to save us, to restore us, to bring us love, to bring us hope. But then this happened and I didn't know what to think. So I went back to what I always do. I went up on the hills to tend the sheep. I'm getting a little old for that now. And then the strangest thing happened. The sky, in the middle of the afternoon, drew black as night. And the ground shook violently. Even the rocks began to break. (laughs) And that feeling of evil and darkness, it was pervasive. It was like you were breathing it in. It was ugly. It was horrible. And I was scared. I cried out, help me God. Help me Jesus. It was so strange to say those words. Help me, Jesus. I don't know why I said them. Help me, Jesus. What could he do? He's dead. I hid. I I don't know how long. I just kind of had to get away, you know. But eventually, you got to come out of hiding. And I did. And got back to tending the sheep. Hmm. to whatever the new normal is. 
I still had that feeling of darkness, doubt, and confusion. If he really is the Messiah, if he really is the Lord, why this? Day or so later, it was strange. I was up on the hill and the ground shook again right at daybreak. It was scary. It's like, wow, what's going on here? It's getting crazy. And then I got word. One of the other shepherds that had been in, in, in Jerusalem with me came running across the hills and, and he was shouting something, yelling something, and I couldn't hear him. And it's like, he, he's yelling. And, and I, I picked it up. He's yelling, he lives. He lives. He's not dead. He lives. And it was like, what? What are you talking about? Who lives? He said, the one they call the Christ Jesus, the one we saw, he lives. And I was confused. I thought, how did he escape? Did his followers rise up and and rescue him from the Romans? And then my friend told me the strangest story. He said he was at the marketplace in Jerusalem, and there were a bunch of ladies there crying and weeping and laughing. And he asked them what had happened, and they told him. They said they killed Jesus. They nailed him to the cross. And he died. And they took his body and they placed it in a tomb. And they sealed it. And they placed a guard there. But on the third day, at daybreak, there was an earthquake. That's what I had felt out on the hill. And an angel appeared and the guards fled. And the tomb was empty. Some of the girls, some of the ladies ran there and the angel told them, Jesus isn't here. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. One of the ladies thought she saw him a bit later. She she thought it was the gardener. Turned out it was Jesus. Probably the only person that ever thought Jesus was the gardener. But she saw him. That was all a few weeks ago now. Since then, many have seen him. He lives. Not only that, he is the one the angel said he is. The Lord, the Messiah, Savior to all who will accept his truth. It's like my uncle Ebenezer told me. Did I tell you about my uncle Ebenezer? He is one smart guy. The things he couldn't tell you. He said to me, Michael, when you find truth, you must pursue it. He was one smart guy. You know, I think about those church leaders. They were sure up against it, weren't they? (laughs) They had no idea. Who did they think they were dealing with? Some no-name from Nazareth? Did they not acknowledge the miracles, the signs, the wonders? Were they blind? Or did they just choose not to see? Let me tell you who they were dealing with. He is the director of destinies. He is the keeper of promises. He is the holder of hopes, the maker of miracles. He is the healer healer of the hurting. He is the restorer of spirits. He gives life to the dead and hope to the hopeless. He is the forgiver of sin. He was, he is, he is to come. He sees the beginning from the end. 
He is unstoppable. He is immutable. He is the king of eternity. He is Lord, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the great I Am. He is Jesus the Christ and he will reign forever. The moon and stars, they wept This morning sun was dead The Savior of the world was fallen His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse upon him one final breath he gave as heaven looked away the son of God was laid in darkness A battle in the grave The war on death was waged The power of hell forever broken The ground began to shake The stone was rolled away His perfect love could not be
Well, thank you for attending our Easter service. If you're a guest, my name is Mike Bishop. I'm the pastor here at Lakeway, and I want to thank you on behalf of all of Lakeway for celebrating Easter with us this morning. Please give a hand to our soloists. Didn't they do a great job? And thank you to those who are joining us online. Let me close with this. You can get a lot of things wrong in life. My uncle Ebenezer did. You can get a lot of things wrong in life, but don't get this wrong. Don't get the message of Easter wrong. This Jesus is real. He is the Savior. He loves you with an everlasting life, and He wants you. And he made it easy for you to come to him. John 6, 26 says, Jesus told him, this is the only work God wants from you. So Jesus made it easy, right? That's that's pretty straightforward. This is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Pretty straightforward. Jesus himself put it this way in John 12. He said, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world. Do we live in a dark world? He says, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. Here's his truth. You don't get good and then come to Jesus. You come to Jesus, and then through the power of Christ, you get good. It's his power in your life. He cleans you up. He brings the light into your darkness. He is the author of change. He is the author of faith. This is his truth. And there are three things that he requires of us. That you trust him. You have faith. What do you have to trust? Number one, that he lived. He became a man. He walked amongst us. He lived. Number two, that he died for your sin. And number three, that he live again. The second requirement, that you continue to follow him. To not follow him is to reject him, to give it lip service. And the third requirement is that you become part of his body, his bride, the church. Those were the three things that Jesus said. He said, this is my bride, this is my body on earth. Trust in him, follow him, and be part of him. Simple. And if you've never done that, Easter's a great time to begin, isn't it? The anniversary of the day that Jesus rose from the dead to give us victory over sin. And real simple, let me just explain it to you. When, when, right at the beginning, we sinned. Eve, Adam, Sinned, and we have all sinned since. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from our perfect God. 
And it doesn't matter how good we are. We've still got sin and we can't get back to our perfect God. And when Jesus came, he said, I will be the bridge between you and God. This is why you don't have to get good to get to God. You've got to get Jesus to get to God. He said, if you trust in me, I will be the bridge back to God. And you can spend eternity with God. And it's really simple. It begins with a simple prayer. And you can pray that prayer right now. Dear Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived. I believe you died. I believe you were resurrected. Please forgive my sin. Come into my life. Come into my darkness and change me. So simple. So simple that people don't do it. I pray that you do it. If you don't have a church home, or if you're one of those people that has a church home, but you're here for Easter, you might want to reconsider if you have a church home or not. (laughs) Or if you're a Lakeway person that's been away for a long time, and there's lots after the pandemic, I want to invite you to come back to church. I want to invite you to come here to Lakeway to be part of what God is doing here. This is a great time to get back or to begin and say, you know what? I need this in my life, Jesus. I need you in my life, and I need your church, your body in my life. So I invite you to come back, and we would love to help you on your faith walk. Three last things. In the seat in front of you somewhere, you will see three different cards. One of them is a communication card, a visitor card. And we ask that if you're a visitor visiting with us for the first time, that you would fill that out and drop it in the offering basket there. Thank you. We don't pass it around. So as you're going out, just drop it in there. The second thing that is in there is a prayer request. If you have a prayer If you would like someone to pray for you, it can either just be for me or it can be for our church team. Just write your prayer on there, fold that in half and drop it in there. They'll make sure they get it. And the third thing, there's an offering envelope. And we ask that you would be faithful with your offering. You can give physically, write a check, or you can give online, uh, go to our website. Those who are uh, watching online, you can give via Tithely on our website. That's all I got for you today. He is risen. He is risen. risen He is risen. risen Amen. Please stand. Let's pray and get to our day, our Jesus day. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person that you've brought here today. I thank you for those who are watching online. Father, I pray that our, our presentation and our songs put a smile on your face. We wanted to tell the story from a different perspective today. So I pray that you would just soften every heart and open up those that maybe are resistant to you. Just let them know that you love them, that you care for them, that you want to be with them. And Father, I pray your blessing upon each and every person here, that as we go from here, we would be a blessing to each and every person we meet. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is risen. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, have a great Easter, everybody. Bye-bye. 
I was big. 